Welcome back, folks, for another episode of the Backmarkers F1 show. This edition, we'll be previewing the Austrian Grand Prix. And we're very happy to be back in our regular studio location. And very happy to be back is Shaker. Welcome yeah. welcome back home. Two, two weeks away. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm excited to be home. Um, Italy and Croatia was beautiful. But yeah, I'm kind of excited to be back home in Canada and actually have nice weather from what I heard was pretty much rain throughout the entire time I was gone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> we, we're starting to finally get some summer weather here now just in time. And it mm-hmm. seems like all across Europe too and other parts of the world, it, it's, it's pretty very warm hot. Now. Yeah. It was funny because I was talking to a lot of people from there. They're like, oh, yeah, like Canada. Like, you guys are, like, are really cold. I was like, yeah, but, like, we get a summer. Like, we, we have a summer. They're like, oh, like, Eventually. What? They're like, what is it, like 10 degrees? I'm like, no, nah, man, like, it's above 25 to 30 degrees. Like, with humidity, it can get up to 40. Like, last year, it was probably, like, the warmest summer we had, close to, like, 40, above 30, like, almost every single day. And they're like, really? I was like, yes. Like, <laughs> We're not just a cold country. <laughs> it just doesn't last that long. No, it's... that's just it. Like, we'll have eight months of, like, cold, you know, with not just strict winter, but with fall and everything. But, yeah, like, we get a summer. It's just, like, two to three months. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. So, that's good. But, overall, it was a good trip. Enjoy really good it. trip. Yeah. Italian people and Croatian people are fantastic. Super helpful. Uh, they assumed I was American every time, though. <laughs> And as soon as I told them they were Canadian, it was like a full like 180 of how they were like <laughs> much better service, much yeah. better service. Uh, yeah, it, w- it was interesting because we did meet a few Americans on the trip, and they they were really nice actually. We met uh, a South Korean and a American couple who've been living in South Korea their entire life, and I guess sh- the South Korea like the the wife actually studied at uh, University of Ottawa. Oh, nice. Yeah, wow. so small we were a really small world. We were on our way back from the Rome airport after dropping off our vehicle, and yeah, they like we talked to them for like the entire like train ride back and. Yeah, and then that's the first thing she said. Like, Canadian people are some of the nicest people I've ever met. I'm like, I mean, we kind of have that rapport, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, there's, you go to the, the other countries too, and, and everybody's, they're pretty well good with tourists and, and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice. But I, I got to say, like, as excited as we are to have you back, we're even more excited to have the newest <laughs> addition to our set. Courtesy of Shaker in Italy. This is the best thing that I've ever seen probably in my life. And it's even a bobblehead. And not only that, but this thing is huge. Like, it, it is pretty big. And I was telling you earlier, like I saw, I regret not buying it because it was like the very last day of our trip. But there was a Lewis Hamilton one as well. But like I was just out of the cash to buy the Lewis Hamilton one. I'm like, oh, you know what? Like I'm going to choose Vettel over Lewis Hamilton. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. Th- so this confirms we are Ferrari fanboys. It's true. Right? Yes, exactly. I know some of you guys were complaining after that penalty, but now it's confirmed. So <laughs> hopefully... Hopefully Seb will be bobbing his head after a win this weekend. In exactly, Austria. that's what we're hoping for. There was, yeah, there was only the two drivers. There was no other drivers. I was looking for uh, Max Verstappen one for myself, but yeah, I only found the Vettel and the Lewis Hamilton one. Funny thing is, I actually saw one with uh, uh, Putin uh, and uh, Donald Trump next to Jesus. Yeah, you're showing me that picture. <laughs> and it was basically him. like uh, Donald Trump pointing towards uh, uh, Putin, and then with Jesus next to him going like this. And I was like, I mean, this is just the picture that I have to take. Like, <laughs> but I, I gotta say, like that one, the picture you showed me, and then the Vettel one, they're really well made. They yeah. are. They were. I was really surprised. I tried to actually look for a Lewis Hamilton bobblehead after I was telling you guys I bought it the other night. I didn't find any online, which was, like, surprising. Hmm. Maybe, I mean, I didn't look very hard. I'm sure there's, like, some that you can, like, 
customize an order but yeah it was i think that one was close to 15 euros or something like that 15 20 euros okay that's not too bad I yeah guess. and like with the amount of detail that i that they had i was really surprised so yeah yeah it, it's great so it's gonna sit proudly in in our set and uh once we get our, our our newer table we'll have even more room to place the rest of our stuff but that's gonna sit there until he wins the yeah. grand prix it's gonna <laughs> sit right there in the middle so yeah, maybe maybe we are Ferrari fanboys <laughs> in the end, right? Just a little bit. <laughs> um, okay, so before we get on to the Austrian Grand Prix, because we do have a race. Obviously, uh, by the time that this comes out, probably the first or second pre-practice session will be over. Mm -hmm. So you guys can maybe uh, you know kind of do a live compare as to to what we're previewing. But I just wanted to actually get your quick thoughts because we weren't able to talk to you after you went to your first uh, Formula One Grand Prix in Montreal. Yeah, uh, you were true. there on Sunday. So how did you find your uh, experience at your first race? It was really cool. Like I only got like the general admission tickets. So I think we were right uh, after turn nine re leading into the hairpin. I think that's where we were. Uh, I wish I walked around some more, but it was just such a hot day. Like the sun, it was kind of hard to like get out yeah. of the shade. We tried to sit in the shade as much as we could. But it was really cool, man. I was like very impressed, and we walked the track a little bit afterwards, and uh, walking to where the podium and stuff was, just to like see those cars like so close up was probably one of the coolest things. Um, and then we actually we were right in between like the fence area with eight and nine, so we could actually see the cars very clearly going by. I was obviously following on my phone at the same time just to get updates because we weren't close to a screen. But, yeah, I th it was a great experience. I think next year I would probably get a gran uh, grandstand uh, and may maybe, like, in front of a screen or something. But, honestly, for my first experience, it was awesome. Uh, a lot of different fans. Like, you know, you would expect people to be fans of, like, the top six. But I saw hats from, like, uh, the Renault one there. I saw mm -hmm. a lot of Force India hats, which was surprising because they weren't selling any there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, we actually – I was telling you guys this, but – we got off, like, draw, uh, parked our car near Oldport in, uh, in Montreal, walking towards a subway station, and I'm pretty sure we passed, Mac, like, the Red Bull Hotel room, where, like, the Red Bull Hotel, because there was a whole bunch of buses, a whole bunch of Mercedes and other cars, like, basically parked yeah. in front with drivers, with, a, like, the a lot of Red Bull shirts in front, and I didn't see any of, like, the team, like, leads pretty much, but there was a lot of them and with a lot of security outside. So we waited around like 15, 20 minutes, uh, ho hoping I could get like a signature from uh, from Max. But no, unfortunately, didn't have that opportunity. Um, but yeah, really well set up. Like the entire, all of Montreal kind of like gets right into it. All like the subways have signs everywhere, basically pointing you towards which way to take for the F1 race. Really well organized from the entire city, in my opinion. Like I didn't have any issues trying to find out which way to go. And even like, I think we mentioned this earlier, like, uh, uh, the track itself is on an island. Yeah. And, like, just the way it's set up, trying to get on, everything is a one-way, and then towards the end, like, just to get out, everything was super simple. Uh, I mean, obviously, like, everything was really packed, but, like, I didn't have any issues trying to get through or anything like that. So, yeah, it was a, good, like, good experience overall. Uh, like I said, just would do a few things differently next year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, it's your first time there. I mean, you were there, obviously, with, with me last year doing the track uh, yeah. guide and stuff. But it takes kind of a year or two to sort of figure out where everything is and then mm -hmm. to find the best areas and stuff. So No, it, it, was, it was really, really well done. And, um, I mean, pricey for, like, drinks and food, obviously. But I was expecting <laughs> yeah. that. You know, it's it's such a big event that they're going to do it. And 
yeah, like overall it was a fantastic experience. I got I got my first sunburn there in my life. Oh, as did a, you really? As a brown man, what? I got my first ever <laughs> ever sunburn. I didn't even know that was possible. I, I didn't know either. I was shocked. I got home and I had a, like red all over my arms and I was like started to peel a few days later. And I'm like, ah, oh, so this is what a sunburn <laughs> feels like. It wasn't that bad though, like as what I've seen it. But like I had a, a few red marks and I, even every time I showed somebody to like, you actually got sunburned? I'm like, yeah, like I, it's shocking. It's the first time I've ever. Yeah, it shows you how hot it was, yeah. folks. <laughs> like it was a hot day and then I, I – I try. I think you uh, you you offered me and Caitlin both um, uh, sunscreen, and we're like, yeah. no, no, we'll be, we'll be fine. But yeah, I kind of regret that now. But yeah, it was it was my first ever experience, so it was interesting. <laughs> I always do that too. I'm like, ah, I don't need sunscreen, and yeah. then I go back and I'm burned, yeah, my face and everywhere. <laughs> but it was the Sunday. You know, it was warm. It was hot the first two days, and I think we were telling in our, in our recap too. Like before then in Ottawa, it was cold. Yeah. I mean, rain, you know, it was like barely 15 degrees and then all of a sudden this big heat wave comes in. But like that Sunday, I was dying on the grandstand tour. Oh, I can imagine. I'm just, like, and then we were talking to a few people afterwards and it was super packed. Like with the grandstand, you're basically touching up. You're sitting like this the entire it's, time. I, because it was funny when you were saying, you know, you, you'd rather have a grandstand seat. And it, it's a sort of yes and no answer because yeah. the one side in the grandstand, you get a little bit of a better view because you sit higher. Yeah. Um, so in some places you can uh, see through the fronts, and I'm sure it's like this in many circuits. But on the other hand, yeah, like it was so packed, and, yeah. and I sat on a different grandstand the year before, and there was just so many more people here, and there's not much space to go around, and then the sun is just beating straight down on you. So yeah, exactly. You know, no matter. I really like the heat, but even for me, it was just like, you know, it's it's really getting to you. It was okay in the shade, like, because, uh, like, we started off sitting in the sun, and then basically when the sun, uh, when the sun went down a little bit, the uh, trees helped us out and uh, got us in the shade. But, yeah, it was okay in the shade. In this, but, yeah, in direct sunlight, oh, man, it was it was brutal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and it's funny because I was comparing, st- like, paraphernalia and stuff that I bought. Like, I bought a, I bought myself a Red Bull hat. I was looking for a Renault hat as well. Um, and then I compared it to like the stuff at, because I, in Italy they have actual like genuine Ferrari shops and I right. was telling you guys, they actually have, um, what do you call it? Oh my God, I'm forgetting the name, but they have setups where you can actually go sit in the, they have like models of the cars and with the screens everywhere. So you can actually go sit and race in one of those on like the main floor that we were in, in Milan. And then, so comparing the prices, it was actually cheaper to buy stuff at the venue rather than go to a Ferrari shop and pick up like a Ferrari hat or anything like that. Yeah. Which which was really surprising to me because I figured it'd be a little bit cheaper in the shops compared to uh, going to the actual event. Yeah. I mean, they take advantage, like you were saying before, with the drinks and stuff. They just yeah. jack up the prices because you've got no other option. I, I think the most ridiculous thing, though, is how expensive the waters were. Yeah. And, and that's like, you know, the one thing where they should have just done a better job of is setting up some sort of cooling areas because like like it was bad <laughs> well you know what it's i hot. did appreciate when we did walk into the track afterwards like all the people who were working the events were handing out yes. waters to all the people there which yeah. was really nice of them because like it was a hot day especially as soon as you got into like the yeah. asphalt and the track and stuff it got much hotter shout out to the marshals there. yeah that that was really nice of them to actually do that but yeah i think like what well, waters what like six bucks Five or six bucks? I think it was like four, four or five yeah, bucks, yeah. yeah. But it was those small Fiji ones. So, yeah. it's, I mean, I think it's barely 500 milliliters. Yeah, so. so, I mean, 
Yeah, that was kind of like probably the worst part about it. And I started drink started drinking like beers and stuff. And I like I think I had my second beer. I'm like, there's no way I can have any more alcohol. Like with the with the amount of heat that's going on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Some people were going really hard in the grandstands too. And I'm like, ooh, that's not gonna work out well later. And it was Lance Stroll's engine that not Lance Stroll, sorry, um, Lando Norris's engine that basically overheated. Right? It was yeah. Yeah, melted so, his rear suspension. Exactly, and that just you know we, that explains a lot of it. Like it was a brutally hot day that yeah. day. Yeah, it, it was like when you're sitting on the track or when you walk in the track too, the heat just comes up from the asphalt, and you're thinking like, man, imagine doing this with overalls on, balaclava, gloves, helmet, boots in a like, hot ass car. Like yeah, it's you're, crazy. You're gonna be sweating, and I mean we got to see the drivers parade like from where we were. I think we were with the distance between the two fences were probably only 15 feet so that was pretty cool yeah you see all the drivers all close up like that and i love daniel ricardo's smile throughout the entire thing i yeah, think he realized he, he has going. a lot he had a lot of canadian fans there i saw a lot of renault hats and i think you were saying like there was not a whole lot of places to buy them and they were sold out by the end of the weekend where like obviously like for uh ferrari um mercedes and red bull had like boots all the way throughout and you yep. know they were never like sold out or anything like that so it was inter- it was interesting. Yeah, he was a popular one for sure. Um but yeah, it was good. And and some of the footage that you took too, uh it, it's up on our channel in our Canadian Grand Prix mm-hmm. um playlist, so check that out if you haven't. But that's good. Yeah. Well hopefully many more yeah, many exactly. more to come. And hopefully next year we'll be able to do something a little more extensive for for yeah. our home race with uh, all three of us and maybe Get a press pass. Hello, Formula One. Get us, get us one of those. <laughs> well, we were close, but they wanted us to buy a paddock pass, right? Which is like thousands of dollars. For oh yeah, well, the end to the other thing is like, you know, this for smaller media, it's a lot more stricter to to get yeah. in and stuff too. Yeah, but, I can um, see that. Yeah. Oh well, well, we we got plenty of time. So yeah, it exactly. Be good. <laughs> um. All right. So well, let's get into uh, the Austrian Grand Prix, first back to back of the year. So it's a little bit strange because. Typically, in previous years, we would already had a back-to-back by now. Yeah. Usually kind of like a China-Bahrain type of thing. But they spread out the schedule a little bit more this season. So it's kind of – it feels a bit odd to have Formula 1 in a back-to-back week. But it's kind of a – it's a good thing, I guess, because of how boring the previous race was and how upset people were at it. Oh, my God. I mean, I didn't watch the entire race because, unfortunately, I was doing a Game of Thrones tour at the same time. But, yeah, I watched the highlights for qualifying and the race afterwards, and I was like, man, like, this this is – I'm kind of glad I missed that race because it, it did not seem very interesting uh, at all, except for, like, Daniel Ricciardo and, like, his little incidents and then his comments after the race, which was probably the most interesting part of, like, interesting interview I've seen other than suck my balls, mate. <laughs> uh but yeah like it 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 was just i think you tweeted like i don't know if it was on the back markers page or yourself it's like the if the the race is pretty much settled at like right at the beginning like before the race even started it was pretty much confirmed like what was going to be happening yeah yeah and i mean that's kind of disappointing to see i think vettel got up a few spots i think that was probably the like the only real thing that really happened. And I think Lando Norris had a pretty good drive, right? Yeah, and then had uh, mechanical issues at the end, which kind of set him back. But then, like, Ricardo's penalty jumped him up again. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, me and Tyler were saying, too, in, in our recap that he he had he was the driver of the day for, yeah, for, for all sure. of us as well. Um, and, yeah, like, like I said, that incident was really the only 
exciting part of the race, and then that got penalized by both of them. Mm-hmm. And the, the the interview that Shaker was talking about with with Ricardo was uh, Grosjean earlier in the race. There was yeah. sort of a similar battle that went on where Ricardo went off track, um, and I think it was the Dutch TV. There's there's a Dutch reporter. I think he works for Ziggo Sport mm-hmm. or Ziggo TV. The the Dutch fans definitely know who I'm talking about. He's got like a really unique personality and has got like a really good banter with the drivers. Yeah. Um. You should check out interviews with him and Vettel. They're really funny and and you know he's he's a funny guy. And uh, yeah, he was like your your battle with Grosjean. You know, he was complaining about you. Oh, he pushed me off the track. <laughs> and Ricardo was like, he's like Grosjean. He's like, what the fuck was I doing? Like, <laughs> when did, when was I racing Grosjean? <laughs> I mean, that kind of shows you, like, how into the race these drivers get. They're, they don't even yeah, realize who they're racing half the time. And, yeah, like, it, it kind of just sets it, you know, these these racers are really into it. And half the time, they're paying attention to just the track and what's going on behind them rather than who they're actually racing. Yeah. So, yeah, it, 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 it was a very interesting interview overall. I think he swore a few, he said the F word a few times, too. And I believe he was live on Dutch TV at the yeah. time, too, because I heard crowd laughter in the background because yeah. I think they were airing it live. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it was funny. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, heading into this weekend, it's a good chance for uh, for an exciting race to kind of redeem uh, mm-hmm. what we had in France. And, and Austria is kind of one of those circuits and one of those races where we get a lot of unpredictability. Well, yeah, last year for sure with Max ending up winning that race, completely ended up winning that race. So yeah, yeah it's it, sh- it should be a very interesting uh, race for sure. And Kimi Raikkonen as well provided us with some good good racing. Uh, Vettel obviously last year too was, was good. Um, last year's race marked the the first double DNF for Mercedes since 1955. <laughs> that that stat there. Um, it, it's a track where it's an old school type of track. It's been around since 1970 on and off the calendar mm-hmm. in, in F1, but has been back for the last couple of years. And it's an old school track, you know, grass runoffs, gravel traps. There's no, it's not a parking lot like circuit Paul Ricard. <laughs> so we, we should not have, you know, any penalty issues like we've had in the last couple of races about like, track limits and, and overtaking and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting this weekend because, at this point in the season, Mercedes winning all the races so far, they're the favorites heading into every race. Yeah. That's 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 pretty obvious. Now, this is a track that could favor Ferrari's performance, but you just can't you can't really put your chips in Ferrari's basket right no. now because they just haven't shown even at the tracks that they were supposed to do well at, they just weren't able to convert race wins. Some through the fault of their own, some that weren't. So, it's another one of those scenarios where you got to be Leaning toward Mercedes because until they they lose a race, then I mean, who they else have, are you gonna pick? They haven't they haven't had a wrong step this entire season. They've they really haven't. No, like they haven't. There hasn't been an incident where they've kind of messed up. And I think you guys talked about in the podcast uh, about Lewis Hamilton. You know how like we kind of underappreciate him for a lot of races, but he is one of those drivers that you, that is very exciting to see because he can he he is a pure racer in the end of it he he'll get into position and he'll hold that position till the very end and it's it's hard, it's, it's hard to see that sometimes and in, in a lot of, a lot of drivers so and yeah it should be a very interesting race for to see what happens with Mercedes with Red Bull with Ferrari in general and to see some of the other drivers kind of come out come out and see their performances i'm expecting quite a lot from McLaren with their last couple of last couple of tracks so I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think they're expecting a lot too. And in terms of the track characteristics, 
there's not too much tire stress that goes on uh, at this circuit. I think Pirelli is sort of ranked at around two uh, on their guide. Uh, we got the C2s and the 3s and the 4s for this weekend. But with the really hot temperatures in Austria and we saw in, in France as well, again, tire management is going to be another huge talking point as we head into the race. Mm-hmm. And it's going to affect qualifying as well too. And, and we'll get into uh, what the selected sets are for each team. But if we're going to get a lot of issues of tires blistering, we've seen that in uh, previous Austrian Grand Prix. Yeah. Um, with the thinner tread, maybe we won't get as much blistering. Mercedes probably won't suffer as much as they have in previous uh, races uh, at Austria. But again, it, it's going to be so hot on the oh, Sunday well, yeah. all think, weekend. I think I was just reading t- today, Europe is expecting like the, uh, the highest temperatures they've ever seen. I think Germany was saying their roads might melt. <laughs> so i mean austria is pretty close to germany so it should be very i'm sure they'll be expecting around the same temperatures as well so it, sure. sh- it should be very interesting so teams might be favoring the the uh, harder uh, of the compounds the the white c2s or, or even the c3s and when we look at the selected sets a little bit different france saw the top four and five roughly go with the same amount of tires but when we look at for example lewis hamilton who's opted for two of the sets of the white hard c2s um, versus somebody like Charles Leclerc, for example, who's only gone with one set. I think one of the more interesting things out of the top two, top three teams is uh, Vettel has gone with four of the yellow C3, so the mediums, versus Lewis, who's only gone with two. Interesting. Um, now, obviously, the, these are selected for you know a couple weeks in advance of the race, I think much, much longer than that. So expect the t- teams, I think, to come out and qualifying in, in Q2 on, on the C3. So Mercedes, Ferrari, the Red Bull of Max Verstappen, I think we'll probably try it out on the on the medium C3. I think Pierre Gasly might have oh, a little no, bit of a struggle. I just, but <laughs> I just find it funny that we don't consider Pierre Gasly in one of those debates. <laughs> it's just Max Verstappen all yeah. the way. Yeah, I, I feel bad for the guy because he definitely has talent, but it, it, she's been thrown into the, the tough situation. And me and Tyler were talking about how Danny Kafiat is the probable replacement for him if he doesn't yeah, have a big weekend well. and, and, and the next couple of races. This is a huge race for not only Gasly, but Red Bull as well, because it is their, it home, is their race. home race. Yeah, exactly. So they really need a good result. Unfortunately to me, they're not going to have the pace or the performance to, to win this race. Obviously I think that they'll be really fighting hard to try and get that last podium place. So Red Bull is one of those teams we haven't talked about too much in the season. It's been predominantly Ferrari and Mercedes, but they've mm-hmm. underperformed just as much as Ferrari has. Yes, for sure. And one of their biggest chances of winning a race has already passed in, in the well, Monaco. You know what? I wouldn't say either of those. Like they, um, Ferrari has underperformed a little bit, but I think it's overshadowed by the fact that Mercedes has just been dominating every single race. Yeah, that too. Um, and. Like, I would say, compared to last year, for sure, they've kind of been underperforming. But, like, I I wouldn't blame, um, like, Red Bull overall, like, the team overall for the, the disadvantage that they've had. Like, they, they've definitely stepped up their game a little bit compared to what the engine that they had last year with Renault and now that they're working with Honda. But, yeah, like, I agree. I don't really see them... Uh, it's going to be hard for Red Bull in general for, for to to compete with Ferrari and and uh, Mercedes this year. And they were expecting to be able to compete for second in, in mm-hmm. the championship this year. I know in early winter testing we thought that they'd be, um, you know, battling Mercedes for for second, and yeah. then obviously that was completely wrong. But 
it was interesting. I was listening to the the build up to the weekend on Sky Sports, and they were talking about the whole Pierre Gasly situation. And Paul DeResta made an interesting point, which was that the underperformance of Red Bull, if they don't turn that around quickly in terms of the rest of this season in 2020, Max is going to be looking elsewhere. Oh, I, I could totally see it. And and we've talked about that before. And then like if the, if Verstappen leaves, who who are the drivers that are going to be coming in for Red Bull? Because they're not going to have a superstar that's going to come in. No. So, I mean, he was saying, you know, you hope to not see a team like that fold. Now, I think that's a little little too extreme at this point to say that that's what Red Bull would do. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting point. Like if Verstappen leaves for a Mercedes, for example, um, in the next two or three years, because Red Bull is not going to give them a good enough car, Red Bull is going to be left with a tough decision as to who the drivers will be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're still seeing a very beginning of Red Bull again with with them, you know, letting go of Daniel Ricciardo, obviously having Max Verstappen as their main driver, getting, get a, getting Honda on the bill for their like the first ever year. So I agree within the next maybe two to three years, if Red Bull doesn't step it up, I that he could definitely be leaving. But I, I think it's still kind of like a beginning for them with this Honda engine. And I think they could see some improvements next year. Um, unfortunately, I don't see Pierre Gasly being on this team next year as much as he's like you said, he's a very talented driver. But to be racing in the top three teams of F1, you got to be performing in and out yeah. every week. You got to be up in the top six, and I don't think he. I think he's made the top six maybe once, maybe not even. I can't like I'm at the top of my head. I can't think of it, but yeah, once he, or twice, yeah. So yeah, like it's it's gonna be the the second half of the season is gonna be half. To, it's gonna be Pierre Gasly having to step up and showing that he is meant to, he he should be staying on Red Bull. Yeah, for sure. Because we saw what he could do with Toro Rosso last year. He he had he had that he had the competition. He stepped up in a few races. Got those, uh, you know, didn't get a podium, but he still had some great races throughout of it, throughout it. And we just haven't seen it this year, from unfortunately. Yeah, it's tough in a team like Red Bull because they want you to deliver right away. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, they they've shown in the past they're not afraid to make that change. So yeah. We'll see. Like I said, we'll see how it goes. I hope he can have a good weekend uh, after what was probably his worst weekend in F1 in France. Which is unfortunate because it was his home race as well. Right. And now you go into another big pressure situation being the team's home uh, yeah. home race. And there's a lot of pressure there. So we'll, we'll see how Red Bull can go. But th- they're probably going to be third best this, this weekend, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, getting back to the track a little bit here, it's it's an interesting location for this track because it's in the, in the pretty much in the mountains, um, oh, yeah, in, yeah. in Austria. Um, it's about about two hours away from Vienna. Uh, it's uh, Spielberg at the Red Bull Ring, four point three kilometer circuit, ten turns, and elevation changes are a lot of what dominates this track, especially going from turn two and turn three. Uh, turn three is also a little bit off camber; it's coming downhill, so spotting your braking zone in the exit of that corner is a bit tricky sometimes but there are overtaking opportunities it, it the thing is with this track with the grass runoffs if you go off you know you're making a mistake yeah so that will make things a little bit more exciting i hope because it's not like paul ricard where drivers can just easily rejoin the track yeah it's a track that punishes you if you if you make a mistake like that so that will be interesting to to see if if the actual on-track racing can be better uh mm-hmm. this weekend and I just wanted to mention, too, uh, about Ferrari, as we get into sort of who are the favorites in the, this weekend, Ferrari haven't won a race in eight months. Damn. And Kimi was the last one to do that. Kimi also has the fastest la- he has a lap record for this track. That's right. So, uh, 
eight months from a Ferrari win, and I think longer for uh, Vettel since his last win, which was in Belgium last year. So that would be probably nine Damn, months yeah, and a little was, bit more. It was a while ago. I guess Kimi would have had the last one. Not Was it Italy? Uh, U.S. U.S.? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Should have won Italy, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always forget that he didn't. I, I always think that he did win. Um, but yeah, it's... That's a very disappointing, actually. <laughs> it was rough to hear. I was like, wow, eight months. And uh, Mercedes, I think that was... Uh, was it their 10th? Yeah, I think it was their 10th Grand Prix win in a row. Dating wow. back to Brazil last year. Yeah. Wow. So Lewis Hamilton looking to make it five straight wins in a row. He's only done that once before in his career. Mm-hmm. So he's on an incredible hot streak at the moment. I, I don't know. I, I think Ferrari has a decent chance uh, at this race. The GPS data shows in France that they still do have an advantage on the straights and the high-speed corners. Mm-hmm. And Austria, first sector, second sector, especially there, there are some straights for sure. There are some high-speed corners. Mm-hmm. Sector three again. <clears throat> excuse me. You get some some low to medium speed corners, so that's probably where Ferrari are going to struggle more. Yeah. And where Mercedes is going to claw back their pace, but there's not a whole lot of really low speed corners or chicanes or anything like that. No, there isn't. And, and it's mainly you know elongated, prolonged corners. Uh, it, it's going to be difficult on the brakes. It's going to be difficult on the cooling system of the cars, not just because of track temperatures, but because it's a short track. Um, you know, I think what was Kimmy's lap record? 106. Yeah, yeah, 106 was a very short lap, but it's a very busy lap and it's a technical lap. So it's not as easy as it may seem. And we saw last year with the double DNF for uh, Mercedes. We saw Hulkenberg's engine go. It's going to be a, war, a race of attrition, mm-hmm. uh, I think, at this point in the season and with the really high temperatures. So expect to see, I think, a few mechanical failures in this race. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. I, think I mean, that, I expect it, sort of. <laughs> yeah. I think the drivers are going to have to do a lot of managing in terms of not only the tires, but the cooling as well, because mm-hmm. uh, it'll be really hot for the cars. So w- we'll see. I think um, it's it's a good track for Charles Leclerc. He won here in GP2 and GP3 okay, and was on pole position. So he's comfortable with this track. Um, Vettel has never won at this track. He, I think he really? has a pole position, if I'm not mistaken, but he's never won here before. So good time to do it for the yeah, first time exactly. right you know get your first win in, t- in nine months yeah and, uh, yeah exactly <laughs> so it wouldn't be a bad time for him to get the first win so uh, again ferrari they're going to be testing some new parts in the free practice sessions and I- i'm sure as you guys are listening to this you'll probably be able to see if they've been working or not in the early free practice sessions so let's see how what happens there they didn't really work in france mm-hmm. uh, we don't know what the reason why was it because of the tires was it because of you know the front wing uh update just didn't work they're still doing a lot of trying to figure out what really is the issue with the car and where they can gain back the performance. Mm-hmm. So let's see what happens there. But I still think that right now Mercedes are the favorites for, for another one too. I agree. I mean, I think we were talking earlier uh, a few days ago on our, gr- on, our gr- on our group chat. I mean, it's – I don't see any other team trying to catch up to, to Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas at the moment. They've kind of – They've jumped far ahead. Obviously, the season isn't completely over. We could still see some up and downs, but I right. mean, if they continue in the form that they're in, I'm pretty sure the championship is already set, and who's going to be winning? Yeah, I would I would be shocked if it came down to the wire yeah. in the end. And, and the only way that that could happen is if Mercedes were to implode, yeah. which I would say there's a 99.9% chance that will not happen. Mm-hmm. And even when you look at the comparison with, between 
Because you remember last year we're at the German Grand Prix, obviously when Vettel crashed, but their CEO passed away. Yep. And that really shook them, and it seemed to sort of destabilize the team. When you look at Mercedes, when Nicky Lauda passed away, they've just ramped it up even more yeah, since then. Yeah, exactly. They've stepped up their game, you know. They're they're doing it for Nicky. So, it it's, yeah, and that's probably the big compare. that's a good comparison with the Ferrari CEO. That was, that was a huge loss for them, huge loss for Mercedes as well. But, yeah, like, they haven't, we haven't seen a change in how much their, you know, their drive to win. And... I mean, I think Lewis Hamilton kind of is using that to fuel himself to to be even better than he was in in every other year. So it should be I like you said I don't I don't see it happening ninety nine point nine percent. I don't see Mercedes messing it up this year unless yeah you no know, they get maybe one or two DNFs throughout the season. But I don't I really don't think that's going to affect the form Hamilton and Bottas are in at the moment. Yeah, maybe one, maybe two. Um you're probably not going to see a a double DNF like we did last year yeah. because Mercedes would have probably fixed those issues or or put something in place to make sure the car... And the other thing, too, is when you have those leads and races and stuff, it's easier to just turn down the engine and save different components like the gearbox and and the other parts of the engine. So, And and when you look at sort of the the allocation, they haven't exceeded any extra engine parts or turbochargers or anything like Mm -hmm. that. So they're not going to be set for any grid penalties anytime soon. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think the championship, both of them are, are – the constructors for sure is done. The drivers' championship, we'll see how the next couple races go, but it could still get close if Valtteri were to pull the gap back before the summer break. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen Lewis typically step things up after the summer break. Mm-hmm. So will we see a different pattern this year where he's driven really well in the first half of the season? Will there be a dip of form in the last half of the season? You know, we don't know. I think Valtteri needs to get his elbows out a little bit more now. Yeah. Um, if, if he wants to still stay in the fight for the championship, like he did the first couple races. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only way, I think, to salvage this season and make it a lot more entertaining yeah. for us fans. Yeah, exactly. And possibly the only way Mercedes could give up that lead is if their drivers start to knock each other out of races, which with Valtteri, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, he, he seems like a very uh, relaxed and nice guy. I don't see him trying to mess up a drive for one of his teammates. Yeah, you know, it's we've seen it before with Rosberg and Hamilton, but I don't see as the Mercedes partnership at the moment as, as that kind of situation. No, and I think Valtteri is very capable of beating him, but to to do it over twenty one races is a whole nother question. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. It, it it's just so surprising how quickly the gap went up after you know China and 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 Baku. It was a close fight, and now all of a sudden. Lewis has got almost a 40-point advantage over Valtteri. Yeah, exactly. And then it's, I think, up to close to 70 now over Sebastian Vettel. Uh, here, actually, I can pull it up right now. Uh, um, yeah, so we're looking at Hamilton with 187, Botas with 151, and Vettel with 111 in third, and then Verstappen behind with 100. Yeah. And then... Leclerc with 87 and a 50-point difference after that, pretty much. Yeah, after that. It's <laughs> well, it's the best of the rest battle after yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, doesn't really get close. So, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but, yeah, like I said before, until until I see a different team win, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick another yeah. Mercedes one, too. <laughs> but before we get into the predictions, um, we'll just get into some other news, actually something that relates to what will be happening today. 
the FIA has called the teams to a meeting uh, on Friday during, not during the free practice sessions, but afterwards, because they want to see and they want to maybe try and plan a switch to the 2018 spec tires after the summer break. Oh, really? Yeah, we've obviously we've heard a lot of complaints about the 2019 Pirelli tires, the thinner tread. Really, the only two teams that have managed to figure out the tires in order to work with their car has been McLaren and Mercedes, obviously. Mm-hmm. All the other teams have, streamed, have have seemed to struggle. Ferrari, Red Bull, Racing Point, Renault. Renault talked about it last weekend in France. They brought all these updates, and then because of the tires not being able to switch on at the right time, mm-hmm. the, it kind of negates the updates. Yeah. So I, I believe I was reading that there needs to be seven teams that vote in favor of this. But the issue is is that obviously Mercedes will vote against it. McLaren yeah, will vote against vote it. Probably vote against it. And then the Mercedes manufacturer or the the teams that supply a Mercedes engine, so like Williams, Racing Point, they're probably most likely going to vote against it as well. Yeah, exactly. Because Mercedes will put a little bit of pressure and say, hey, you know, vote, vote against this, right? So it, it'll be interesting to see what what comes of this. I would like to see a switch to the back to the 2018 tires. Because it felt like we didn't really talk about tires this much last season. No, I don't think we did, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, I think tires are a big issue this year. Now, how did Mercedes and McLaren get it right and all the other teams get it so wrong? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if other teams were working with Pirelli. Were Mercedes and McLaren working close with Pirelli and the other teams just were not anticipating it to be as big a factor? I don't know. So we'll see what comes in the meeting, but... Last year, it just wasn't as much as a factor, and the racing was a lot closer. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But that is happening in Austria this weekend. So it would be nice to see something changed. But then again, I don't think it will go through. No, I mean, it would it, be, be nice to see if there was a change. But I, I agree with you. I don't see it really happening uh, with Ferrari kind of, you know, leading the pact with that. So. And in other news, actually, some interesting news about Max Verstappen. He he recently came out and said that he would like to race the 24-hour of Le Mans uh, oh, with really? his dad. That'd be Unless, cool. Yeah, so Max and Josh in the 24 hours of Le Mans. I think it would be really interesting. That and would I think, be. Um, Kevin Magnussen was even talking about doing it with his dad, Jan Magnussen, who, who races sports cars as well. So hmm. he didn't really put a timeline on it, and he said uh, he didn't have any conversations with Red Bull. Obviously, Aston Martin have developed a hypercar for the mm-hmm. new the new class in in uh, Le Mans and WEC, and uh, Red Bull has helped out with a little bit of the the engineering and the build of that car. Mm-hmm. So whether Max would be driving for for the Aston Martin, it would, it would make sense. Yeah, um, obviously them being a, a title partner of Red Bull, but he's expressed interest. He said that he really enjoys watching the race. Um, you know the the night session and. And all just the different classes of cars and being able to drive at such a historic race. Mm-hmm. So it seems like he's put some serious thought into it. Now, there isn't anything in the works. Uh, he hasn't talked with Red Bull personally about it. So he's just maybe throwing it out there. But he'd like to do it even during uh, while he's still in F1. And it's possible because Nico I Hulkenberg mean, did it. Nico Hulkenberg's done it. Alonso uh, did Alonso's it last year. Alonso did it last year, exactly. So I, it's, I see it as a possibility. And I think with the name that he's getting in the entire, you know, racing community, I, I think, you know, Red Bull and Aston Martin would try to kind of make that happen for him. Uh, get, you know, sponsorships, sponsorships at the end of the day. And, you know, it's, it would be more money in their pockets. But yeah, it'd be it'd be very interesting to see. And, you know, I'd probably watch them, uh, pro- probably watch a little bit more because of it. I mean, he's already attracted so many Dutch fans into uh, back into F1. So. It's just it's just a win-win situation in general. So 
Yeah, it makes sense. And especially if you were to, to do it in, let's say, the first year that Aston Martin enters mm-hmm. into the 24-hour Le Mans, I think, yeah. like you said, for sponsors and just business, it would be it would be massive. Yeah. Because Max Verstappen right now is probably the hottest name in, in F1 and, mm-hmm. and I'm sure in motorsports as well. So he'd bring a lot to that race. And like we've seen with Alonso, the effect that Alonso has. I mean, yeah. you know, before that, I didn't really watch too much of the Le Mans 24-hour, but you hear Fernando Alonso's in it, and then you start to pay attention to it. Exactly. So, uh, And there's a lot of former F1 drivers that participate in the 24-hours of Le Mans race uh, mm-hmm. every season. So it's something that I think that he could be good at, and I would love to see him in there. Yeah. And if Kevin Magnussen, too, wants to get involved, I just think it would be really cool if he did it with his dad. Well, yeah, for both of them. You know, if you're doing with somebody that basically got you into racing, kind of made you, like, you know, put in all the effort to get you to be an F1 driver, like, it'd be interesting, you know, to go back and, you know, do it with your dad. And it, it probably is a is a bigger thing for him, you know. I'm sure he, if he the way that he's talking about it, if he was offered to do it with just another driver, I'm sure he would turn it down. He was like, no, like, this is something I want to do with my family. This is something I want to do with my dad and kind of make the most out of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Good for him though. It'd be nice to expand, expand his talents in the world of motorsport. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So let's get into, oh, just a quick note as well. Uh, Alex Albon is getting the spec three Honda engine for this weekend. So expect some penalties for him so same with like Kvyat had in France yeah he'll probably be at the back of the grid um but all right let's get into our race predictions so I'll go first um as as you could expect I'm going with a Mercedes 1-2 for this race yeah I'll yeah. say Valtteri wins this race okay uh he's done well at this track he's won here before he's got a, a pole position here as well he's comfortable at this track and, and even when he was with Williams he did really well um, at the Red Bull ring. So I think Valtteri will, will snap this winning streak of Lewis Hamilton and get first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Hamilton will get second, obviously. And Sebastian Vettel in third. Okay. Um, my X Factor and, and team to look out for, I'm going to go with McLaren again for this weekend. I think that they're running on a couple of good races here. And, and in France, too, they, they were kind of downplaying their chances, and it ended up being a really good weekend for them, mm-hmm. minus the, the errors with uh, – or, sorry, the technical issues with Lando Norris. But I think they're riding a, a pretty big wave right now, and fourth in the constructors. Uh, Renault's close behind, so so they're going to want to keep up the pressure on them. But, yeah, I'm going to look for, for McLaren this weekend to have another good result. Interesting. Mine's actually very similar. I'm obviously also going with a Mercedes 1-2 finish, Valtteri first. As well, Hamilton second, but I'm actually going with Charles Leclerc as my third. Oh, okay. Um, I, I just I would like to see him up there. I was originally going to put Charles Leclerc for, first, but I I know I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, right? I, I said Vettel for France, and it was just not even. Close. Yeah, like I just I as much as I want to see another driver win, I know it's it, it's a hard possibility at the moment. Um, and I'm actually going with McLaren as my uh, as my dark horse too. I'm I'm interested to. See, for you, I'm interested to see both Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris doing really well. Not, I'm not favoring either of those drivers. I, I, I like to see Lando Norris drive a little bit more, but I think they're both going to have some pretty good chances for this race. I mean, Carlos, uh, Carlos Sainz had a pretty good race for France as well, so I, I, I could see it going both ways. Uh, both of them having a pretty good race and being up in, uh, being up there with the, uh, with the rest of the top, uh, top six. So. Yep. I think we'll also probably get a, a couple of retirements as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple of failures here and there. So 
We'll be on the lookout for that. I also think Racing Point, too, could surprise some I was actually well. just thinking the same thing. I'm like, I could see Racing Point having a pretty decent race in this one. So, well, it, it, it should be interesting. Yeah, because I, I, what place are they in the constructors? I was looking at this uh, recently, and it surprised me that they're actually not in a bad position, considering some of the problems and the, the slow start that they've had to this season. I think they're around 7th or, or so in the constructor standings, but they're still within they're, touching They're s tied uh, for 6 with um, Alfa Romeo. Right, okay. Um, and then Ferrari, Renault is ahead of them by 13 points with 32, and then McLaren is up in 4th with 40. Yeah, so, I mean, it's really, you know, a P6 or a P7 double points finish for the team, and you're right, right in there for the fight for, mm -hmm. for best of the rest. So... It surprised me a little bit just because they've had a, a quieter season and they've struggled a little bit more with all the changes to their team. Mm -hmm. But th there's another team that they thought they were going to have a, a bad weekend in France. And although they finished at 12 and 13, uh, they still salvaged a pretty decent weekend and Perez mm -hmm. getting into Q3. So we're on Lance Stroll Q1 watch again. Yeah. <laughs> We got if he gets out of Q1, we'll get his bobblehead next. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like his 12th or 13th in a row that he hasn't gotten out of Q1. So it was in France, right, where Crofty referred to Racing Point as uh, Force India. Yeah, yeah. yeah he did. Okay. <laughs> Every uh, race, almost. Oh man, it's just it's. I mean, it's. The fact that they didn't change any of their colors and kept everything similar, I, I can see him still having issues. And I remember us talking to him back at the the unveiling, and he was like, "I was just hoping I didn't say Force India. That was the yeah. <laughs> that was my biggest note to myself that I didn't say it." It's a hard habit to break when you see been seeing a team race for that long and just to for change sure. their name and you know keep everything else the same. So it's 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 a hard so. By I'm, race eighteen nineteen, I think he'll get it. I think he'll get it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, that'll about do it for us. I think we covered uh, everything that we can for the most part. Yeah, it's a little bit later than usual that we do our preview, but with the back-to-back, -back, mm. it kind of gets all all pushed back. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what the first couple practice sessions bring us. But fingers crossed, no matter what the results are, is that we just get an exciting race. It's been a couple of races exactly. since we've had, uh, you know, kind of a – well, actually since Canada, really. But we want to get more exciting races, and, and even if Mercedes has to win, then – I would like to see less race officials involved. <laughs> that too. That would be nice. <laughs> I think we'll get it. I think we'll get it this weekend. I think the track helps a lot with that, actually. Um, you know, Paul Ricard is just super easy to give drivers those types of penalties because there's so much, so many runoff areas that you can go to. Yeah. So, yeah, Austria is different in that respect. So that will be good. Um, F1 Fantasy 2, uh, update that uh, on our Twitter. I think we posted that uh, yesterday. So uh, check that out for the updated standings. I think that that's uh, relatively closer than the actual championship. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And like we mentioned in the previous episodes, we're brainstorming some new content ideas uh, for after the summer break. So if you got any uh, ideas, drop it in the comments or, or send us a tweet. Um, I know a couple of you sent us some tweets with your predictions for the Austrian Grand Prix, and it was roughly the same. Mercedes won two. I mean, it's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, I think I think somebody else also said uh, Mercedes crashed into each other on the opening lap. So that's an interesting Ooh, one. Ooh, that, that is an interesting uh, uh, prediction. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> all right. If you guys haven't done so already, subscribe to us down below. Follow us on all of our social media. And, uh, yeah, as usual, we'll be back for uh, our recap. And uh, Canada Day is coming up uh, this yeah. Monday. So. Yeah, just after the race. Yeah, so we'll see if we can get that out before uh, before our own holiday here. Perfect. in Canada. All right. That's a goal. Let's hope, fingers crossed, for a good race in Austria. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs>